each other better when the mists have rolled away. today, Lord Jesus, thank you for blessing me, Lord Jesus, thank you for saving me, and dear Lord, please save a soul today, one day reading God's word, I came to see. How the Lord sent His Son to die for you and me. If you believe in Him, eternal life you'll receive. And live in heaven with the King of Kings. Lord Jesus, let me thank you for today. Lord Jesus, thank you for blessing me. Lord Jesus, thank you for saving me. And dear Lord, please save a soul today. Lord, I still don't understand. Why you die for me Why you willingly gave your life To save a wretch like me Lord help me to be a light To those who don't know thee As their Lord and Savior that gave All on Calvary Lord Jesus let me thank you for today, Lord Jesus. Thank you for blessing me, Lord Jesus. Thank you for saving me, and dear Lord, please save a soul today. Please save a soul Today. I'm get the sisters to come up and we'll sing song.
Thank the Lord for the great congregational singing and also for our specials. Thank the Lord for each and every one of you. I pray that even tonight that his name has been lifted up in song. And now we're getting ready to lift up his name in word. We're thankful again to have Brother Coffee with us, and I pray the Lord's blessings upon him. But before he comes, we're going to go back to the Lord's throne again, asking his special blessing upon the speaker. And upon our, us as a hearer, may the Lord bless us even this evening. Brother Stephen Newell, could you do it for us, please? Coffee, you come and preach what the Lord's laid on your heart. I don't know if this thing's supposed to have a green light on it or not. It just flashed. It just flashed red and then quit. So, <clears throat> it says on, brother. Bless you. Check it one more time. Yep. All right. Go ahead and turn with me tonight, if you will, the book of 1 John, chapter 2. book of 1 John, and chapter 2, I do want to thank you for the opportunity uh, that you've given me to be here tonight, be able to preach the Word of God. I do bring you greetings from Livingstone Missionary Baptist Church. We've been praying for y'all's services this week. Um, and I pray nothing less tonight that the Lord would indeed bless uh, that he would bless his word as he goes forward as it goes forward, and that if he, he sees fit that he would save souls. Uh, that he would indeed, as God's people, uh, cause us to be pricked in our heart tonight over these things that we're getting ready to look at. So I want to go ahead and give you the title of my message because it's important for us to understand this as we look at that. And the title of my message is A Test of Profession. And do we pass that test? Are we living up to that profession that we have made in the Lord Jesus Christ? So without further ado, First John chapter 2. Uh, and bear with me tonight. I, I gave Brother John a, a heads up. Uh, this may be a lengthy message. I may be a little long-winded tonight, but we're going to preach till the Lord's done. 
uh, with us. So here in First John in chapter 2, beginning in verse 1, I want to read 12 verses. It says, My little children, these things write I unto you that ye sin not. And if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. And he is the propitiation for our sins, not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. And hereby we do know that we know him, if we keep his commandments. He that saith, I know him, and keepeth not his commandments, is a liar, and the truth is not in him. But whoso keepeth his word, in him verily is the love of God perfected. Hereby know we that we are in him. He that saith, he abideth in him, ought himself also to walk, even as he walked. Brethren, I write no new commandment unto you, but an old commandment, which ye had from the beginning. The old commandment is the word which ye have heard from the beginning. Again, a new commandment I write unto you, which thing is true in him and in you, because the darkness is past, and the true light now shineth. He that saith he is in the light, and hateth his brother, is in darkness even until now. He that loveth his brother abideth in the light, and there is none occasion of stumbling in him. But he that hateth his brother is in darkness, and walketh in darkness, and knoweth not whither he goeth, because that darkness hath blinded his eyes. I write unto you, little children, because your sins are forgiven you for his name's sake. Let's go to the Lord in word of prayer before we get into this message tonight. Dear Heavenly Father, we come before you this evening. Lord, we thank you so much for the opportunity that you have given us to gather into your house tonight, Lord. And first of all, to be able to lift up songs of praise unto you, Lord, for you are worthy to be praised. Lord, I thank you for all the specials tonight, the, those that have stood up here and praised you in song. And Father, we ought to do that with everything that we are, Lord, because of all that you have done for us. Most of all, sending your Son, Lord, to die on the cross to shed his precious blood for our sins. Lord, to forgive us of our sins and save us and make us your own. We can't thank you and praise you enough for that tonight. Lord, we do ask now that you would be with us. Lord, that you would cause all of our hearts and minds to be cleared of the things of the world, and Lord, that we might focus on your word, that we might indeed see what this is that you would have for us to see, that we would indeed pass this test of profession, that we would indeed show forth these things as your children, as you would have for us to, as obedient children, as the scripture says. Lord, forgive us for our failures and shortcomings. Lord, empty me tonight and use me as a word to, vessel to cause your word to go forward, that we as your people might take heed to it. Lord, that we might apply it to our lives and be the very obedient children that you would have for us to be. Thank you again for all your many blessings. We ask all these things in your precious and holy name. And amen. So as we read this, these scriptures tonight, there's three things that I want to point out to us here tonight. There's, there's a phrase that is mentioned three times that I want us to look at. The first time it's mentioned is in verse 4. He that saith. The second time it's mentioned it is in verse 6. He that saith. And the third time is in verse 9, he that saith. And each time this phrase is stated, there's something that directly follows it. First, he that saith, I know him. Secondly, he that saith, he abideth in him. And thirdly, he that saith, he is in the light. I want us to focus on those, those three phrases, or that phrase that's mentioned three times tonight. He that saith. It's very important for us to see tonight, a very important message in this. First of all, in the first two verses here, John is speaking of our advocate, Jesus Christ, and the propitiation, Jesus Christ. 
But notice in verse 2 it says this, And He is the propitiation for our sins, and not for our sins only, but also for the sins of the whole world. Now John is speaking directly to the people that he's talking to there, but this applies very much to all of God's people, even us that are here tonight in these three phrases that, that we ought to show forth in our life. So having said that, I want to deal with this phrase, He that saith. I want to deal with it in two ways. First of all, do you saith? Can you saith? Secondly, if you do saith, are we truly doing what follows the he saith? Because there's some things here that follow these he saith that should show forth and should apply to our lives as God's people. But the first thing that we have to deal with in this test of profession is have you and can you make that profession tonight that you are indeed saved by the grace of God? Are you tonight a child of God? Have your sins been washed away and forgiven by God through the blood of Jesus Christ? Can you say that tonight? Have you made that profession indeed? Do you know Jesus Christ? Not with, not with just a head knowledge, but with a heart knowledge, a true relationship with God. Can you say tonight that you abide in Him? Can you say tonight that you're safe evermore in His loving arms? Can you say tonight that you're eternally secure in Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, through His precious blood? It's a very serious question to ask. That's the most important thing that could be asked in any of this tonight is, can you say it? Are you indeed saved by the grace of God? Can you say tonight that you once were in darkness, lost and undone, but now are indeed in Him, now indeed do abide in Him, now indeed is in the light as He is in the light, as another scripture tells us. Uh, folks, if, you, if that He saith doesn't apply to you tonight, nothing else matters. If you're not a child of God tonight, nothing else that I can say to you matters but that. Because let me tell you something, all that are born into this world are born lost and undone, dying and going to hell. Not one single individual that ever breaks forth out of the womb is not lost and undone. Understand that tonight and hear that very important message. I, I get a little sidetracked on this, but I preached a message last week uh, on the last days. Folks, I do indeed believe we are in the last days. I don't believe there's anything else scripturally that has to happen for our Savior to step out on the clouds and say, come up hither. Folks, when this, when this world as we know it ends, if you do not know the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior, hell is your destination. We have to be honest about that. That is indeed the very Word of God. And the only way out of that eternal hell, the only way out of that eternal condemnation and torment is through the shed blood of Jesus Christ. Let me show this with you. In verse 2, it says, And He is the propitiation for our sins. Let me tell you what that word means. That word means the action of appeasing God or making an atonement. The word atonement means to atone for or pay for. And that's what Jesus Christ did when He came to this earth. Is He atoned and paid for the sins of sinners of which I am chief. You know, I, I, I jokingly say all the time, Paul said that, but I can say it too. Folks, I was a vile and wicked person and not but for the blood of Jesus Christ I would still be lost and dying and going to hell right now this very moment. And that's the important message that needs to be heard tonight. If you're here and lost, that hell is what awaits you. The Bible says repent and believe and be saved. Folks, that's the message. I, I think we try to explain it away uh, too often rather than just plainly preaching it. If you're lost and undone, you're dying and going to hell, you need Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. He came to pay the debt for sinners. Repent and believe and be saved before it is eternally too late. That's my message to you, old child of God. If you're here tonight and saved by the grace of God, praise His name. I'll deal with us in a minute. 
But we also need to understand this, and I pray it. I have children that are lost, friends that are lost. We that are child, children of God ought to, with everything we are, pray that the Lord saves souls this very night, right now. Right now. Is that your prayer? Is that your desire to see souls? Oh, I want to see my children saved, folks. I want to know that when the day the Lord steps out in the cloud and says, come up hither, they're going with me to meet the Lord in the air. I want to know that. Do you? That ought to be our prayer. That ought to be our concern. Listen, I could preach on this topic for, well, all night, but for sake of time, I won't. But that's the most important thing that we need to see and understand tonight is, are you saved by the grace of God? Do you, can you, have you made that profession? But now to deal with us who are saved, those of us who have made that profession, there is a test of our profession that's seen right here in the very Word of God that we need to look at our lives and see if we pass or not. Very important things that we need to see. So have we made that profession of faith? Is it real to us? And if it is, here's the test. Do we pass the test? Those of us that say He saith. Those of us that say we abide in Him. Those of us that say we are in the light as He is in the light. Do the things that follow these statements apply to us? Are they in our lives? Do they show forth from us as they ought to? There's two parts to this first He that saith that I want us to look at. And that is... This, he that saith, I know him, and keepeth not his commandments, is a liar, and the truth is not in him. Verse 5, But whoso keepeth his word in him verily is the love of God perfected. Hereby know we that we are in him. First of all, here in 1 John chapter 2, there's two external tests of the demonstration of our genuine salvation, a doctrinal test and a moral test. 1 John chapter 1 and verse 4 says this, 1 through 4, That which was from the beginning which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon and our hands have handled of the word of life. For the life was manifested and we have seen it and bear witness and show unto you the eternal life which was with the Father and was manifested unto us, that which we have seen and heard and declare we, and declare we unto you that ye also may have fellowship with us and truly our fellowship is with the Father and with His Son Jesus Christ. And these things write we unto you that your joy may be full. You're seeing here described, what's described is the gospel. Jesus Christ that has been preached from the beginning. That word that we've known from the beginning. That, that message which is the power of God unto salvation. Hmm. Have you made that profession of faith tonight? If you have, these apply. Or should apply. First John chapter, or chapter 2 verses 1 through... Or, I'll get back up here. First John chapter 1 verse 9 through chapter 2 verse 2 says this. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say that we have not sinned, we make Him a liar and His word is not in us. My little children, these things write I unto you that ye sin not. And if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. And He is the propitiation for our sins and not for ours only, but also for the sins of the world. Have we indeed confessed our sins before Jesus Christ tonight? Have we indeed been saved by the grace of God? Has this happened to you tonight? Has God enlightened your eyes to the fact that you were a sinner lost and undone and caused you to cry out unto Him for mercy and forgiveness? Has He drawn you unto Him and saved you by His grace? If you have, these things must show forth from your life as a child of God. Do we pass the test? These things are an outward demonstration of our salvation. An outward, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Here you go. I'm getting old, brother. I can't even remember. Confirmation of our salvation. 
So first of all, the moral test, I said, consisting of, of obedience and love. Have we indeed and I have we indeed been saved by the grace of God? Have we indeed been saved by the grace of God? If we have, the Holy Spirit that lives within us will show forth that salvation, show forth proof of that salvation. Does it? Do we pass that test tonight? He says, hereby we do know that we know him if we keep his commandments. That's the first thing that we see is obedience to God's commandments. Folks, let me ask you tonight, you look at your own life and, and see, am I completely obedient to the Word of God? Folks, let me tell you something. This Word is precious. This Word is, is how we are to live our lives. This Word is what we are to look at and study and apply to our lives and live. Not just look at it and study it, but apply it and live. And if we are saved by the grace of God, it should be our desire to be obedient to the things of God and to God's commandments. Now, i got some scriptures here that are a little lengthy that I want to read, but they're very important to us over in James <clears throat> chapter 2. James chapter 2. We begin reading in verse 14, and, and again, bear with me. This is a lengthy reading, but this is what we must see here. Verse 14 says, What doth it profit, my brethren, <clears throat> though a man say he hath faith and have not works, can faith save him? If a brother or sister be naked and destitute of daily food, and one of you say unto them, Depart in peace, be ye warmed and filled, notwithstanding ye give them not those things which are needful to the body, what doth it profit? If so faith, even so faith, if it hath not works, is dead, being alone. Yea, a man may say, Thou hast faith, and I have works. Show me thy faith without thy works, and I will show thee my faith by my works." Thou believest that there is one God, and thou believest that there is one God, thou doest well. The devils also believe and tremble. But wilt thou know, O vain man, that faith without works is dead? Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he had offered Isaac his son upon the altar? Seest thou how faith wrought with his works, and by works was faith made perfect? And the scripture was fulfilled which saith, Abraham believed God, and it was imputed unto him for righteousness, and he was called the friend of God. You see then how that by works a man is justified and not by faith only. Likewise also was not Rahab the harlot justified by works when she had received the messenger and had sent them out another way? For as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead. Though that, those good works, those works of faith are what's supposed to show through from us to prove our salvation that we have in the Lord Jesus Christ. Look with me if you will to Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians chapter 2 says this, beginning in verse 1. And you, you, and you hath he, excuse me, and you hath he quickened, who were dead in trespasses and sin, where in times past ye walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience, among whom also we all had our conversation in times past, in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. But God who is rich in mercy for His great love wherewith He loved us, even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together with Christ. By grace ye are saved, and hath raised us up together, and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that in the ages to come He might show the exceeding riches of His grace in His kindness toward us through Christ Jesus. For by grace are ye saved through faith, and that not of yourselves it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Listen to this. For we are His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus, what? Unto good works, 
which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. Being obedient to the word of God. Showing forth the good works that the Lord would have for us to show. First Peter says this. And I know we're bouncing back and forth a lot, but bear with me. First Peter chapter 1. <clears throat> excuse me. First Peter chapter 1, verses 14 through 16, actually 13 through 16, says this, Wherefore, gird up the loins of your mind, be sober, and hope to the end for the grace that is to be brought unto you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Listen to this. As obedient children, not fashioning yourselves according to the former lusts in your ignorance, but as he which hath called you is holy, so be ye holy in all manner of conversation. Because it is written, be ye holy, for I am holy. Folks, the bottom line is this. The first test in, in two parts of our salvation, our profession is this. Are we still yet living for the world? Or are we indeed being obedient unto the very commandments that God would have for us to in living the way that he would have for us to live? I, I, I say this, and I've heard many preachers say it. You know what? You claim to be saved, but you don't live a life of a saved man, then i got to question it. The Bible says that if we're saved, we'll show forth works of obedience unto God. We'll show forth the good works that He would have for us to show forth. Now, let me ask you, examine yourself. Are you showing forth the good works of obedience as God would have for us to? Can we pass that part of the test of being obedient to the Word of God? Listen, it says here in 1 John chapter 2, verse 5, But whoso keepeth his word, being obedient, that's what that means. It talks about obedience there. But whoso keepeth his word in him, verily is the love of God perfected, hereby know that we are in him. If we truly know him, we'll keep his commandments. If we truly love him, we, what did Jesus say? If you love me, keep my commandments. Folks, that's not talking about just the Ten Commandments. That's talking about the very Word of God which we hold in our hands tonight. Applying it to our lives, causing it to be shown forth. Are we indeed being obedient as the Word says that we should be? Listen, I, I, secondly, I say this. I, I, I say this at Livingstone all the time. We're to live a life that is pleasing unto God first and foremost. So can we say that in the eyes of God we are indeed the people that He saith? Or the people that saith? In God's eyes, are we being pleasing? In God's eyes, are we fulfilling His commandments? In God's eyes, are we living the life that He would have for us to live? But then secondly, this, as saved children of God, can somebody else look at you and say, Hey, there goes a child of God. By just the way you live. By just the way you walk. What it says there, verse 5, But whoso keepeth his word in him, verily is the love of God perfected. Whoso keeps and observes and holds fast to the very word of God. It says in him and by him and through him is the love of God perfected. That means that the love of God is shown forth from us like it ought to be shown forth. Hereby know we that we know him. Because of this, because of this outward obedience, we know that we know him. Because it ought to come forth from us. When we're saved child of God, that desire should be to show forth obedience unto God. Are we always? <laughs> Folks, this outward show of obedience, those of us who are genu genuinely born again and saved by the grace of God, this, this, this demonstration, this display of obedience is indeed a result of our salvation. So are we indeed as individuals being obedient to the Word of God? 1 John chapter 2, verse 6. This is my, one of my favorite verses. I have many. But I actually have this verse printed out and pinned on the wall of my office facing my desk so that I look at it and see it every day. 
This is the second, he that saith, he that saith he abideth in him ought himself also to walk even as he walked. You don't know how many people I've heard say, I can never walk like Jesus walked, so I just live my life the way I want to. Let me tell you something. We can never be pure and perfect and holy and sinless like Jesus Christ, but the Bible tells us that we ought to strive to be. The Bible tells us that we ought to desire to be so much so that we try to make ourselves walk as he walked. And this is the obedience of a life of communion and walking as he walked. That's the second part of this first point. The scripture tells us that he saith. This I want I want to this is the second he saith, and I want us to look at this on a personal level. It says that he indeed that says he is saved by the grace of God ought to walk even as Jesus Christ walked. It says he. Folks, I could use this as a as a collective overall scripture, but tonight I want us to look at it on a personal level. You put yourself here. He that saith, do you saith? If you do say that you're saved by the grace of God tonight, are you walking as Christ walked? The scripture says, He that saith, he abideth in him, ought himself also so to walk even as he walked. I want us to understand what that means. That word ought means that we're duty bound. You're duty bound as a child of God to walk as Christ walked. Folks, that's, that's, that's a, a heavy thing. Very serious thing for us to consider. Personally, you as an individual child of God, me as an individual child of God that say that we are saved by the grace of God, we are duty bound, not just duty bound, but this is a word I learned in the military. It's also in this definition here of this word. It would behoove us to walk as Christ walked. It's a personal application. Are you walking? Are you following? Are you being about the same things that Christ was about according to how He walked when He was here on this earth? He was our example as to how we are to live. And I wonder truly how many of us are following that example. Do we pass that test? The end of verse 8 here in our text says this. Uh, we read the whole chapter. It says, again, a new commandment I write unto you, which thing is true in him and in you, because the darkness is past and the true light now shineth. Folks, if you're a child of God tonight, the darkness is past. Amen. Jesus Christ did away with that when he died on the cross of Calvary and shed his precious blood for us and the Lord saved us. That darkness is now gone and that light now shineth, or should shineth, does it? That we should rather than walking in the darkness of this world and the darkness of our sins that Christ has saved us from, that we ought to be walking in this light, in the newness of life, as the Scripture says. Turn with me to Romans chapter 6. Romans chapter 6, verses 4 through 7, it says this, Therefore we are buried with him by baptism into death, that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in the newness of life. For if we have been planted together in the likeness of his death, we shall also be in the likeness of his resurrection, knowing this, that our old... Listen to this verse, please. Knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him, that the body of sin might be destroyed, that henceforth we should not serve sin, for he that is dead is freed from sin. Folks, can I tell you something? We've been freed from that life of sin. And we ought to indeed walk in that newness of life. We should no longer walk according to the ways of this world or according to the things of this flesh, but we should because of the fact that Jesus Christ shed His blood for us on the cross of Calvary, because of the fact that God loved us enough to save us and make us His own, we should be walking in that newness of life, that renewal of life, that new life that God has given uh, to us. 
We ought to walk as new creatures created in Christ Jesus. That is an outward show, outward proof, if you will, of our salvation. Being obedient to Him in all things and walking as He would have for us to walk. Then lastly, there's this test. We've looked at, back in our text in 1 John chapter 2, the first he that saith. He that saith, I know him, keepeth not his commandments, is a liar, and the truth is not in him. But whoso keepeth his word in him, verily is the love of God perfected. Hereby we know that we are in him. That's the first test of the he saith that we've looked at. Do we keep his commandments? Do we live by the very words that he has preserved for us down through the ages? The second test, he is he that saith he abideth in him, ought himself also to walk even as he walked. Are we indeed, as children of God, walking? Listen, folks, that's a serious thing to consider. We're supposed to walk as Christ walked. I can't emphasize that enough. We must walk as Christ walked. We must use him as our example and live a life that is holy. I can't be holy. The Bible says you can. Be ye holy even as I am holy. That's a commandment. That's not a, well, maybe you can. That's a commandment from God to live holy lives before the Lord. That should be the outward show of our salvation that we live holy lives before the Lord. But then there's this test. And I don't want to put one test above another, but this last test is so important. This last test is, is, is so important for us to grasp a hold of. And that is the test of showing forth the love of God because He first loved us. You say, well, isn't that keeping His commandments and walking easily. Yeah, but it goes a little further than that. <laughs> and I think we miss that a lot of times. Matter of fact, I know we do. First John chapter 2, again, verses 9 through 12. He that saith he is in the light and hateth his brother is in darkness even until now. He that loveth his brother abideth in the light and there is none occasion of stumbling in him. But he that hateth his brother is in darkness and walketh in darkness and knoweth not whether he goeth because that darkness hath blinded his eyes. But then I want you to pay special attention to verse 12. I've got to open that. I hope I don't knock it over. John says this, I write unto you, little children, children of God, those who indeed are saved by the grace of God. He says, I write unto you, little children, because... Your sins are forgiven you for His name's sake. Our sins are forgiven for His name's sake. See, John says, I'm writing to you these things, these three He says, these things that I've told you, because you are saved by the grace of God, and because you are saved by the grace of God, these things should apply to you. These things should be what are showing forth in your life because God loved you and saved you and made you His own. And I emphasize this greatly, must show forth the love of God. That indeed is the other outward proof of our salvation, is to love. I wonder how many people really understand what that word means, love. It's thrown around loosely in this world that we live in today. Do we really understand what the word love means? And, and, and from us as children of God, our love for our brothers and sisters in Christ, our love for God, hey, and our love for others should show forth. As children of God, I know that it says brothers here, but it's not just our brothers and sisters in Christ that's supposed to see the love of God from us. It's strangers. It's everyone that you meet, everyone that you come in contact with. They should look at you and see the love of God in you and coming out of you because He first loved us. Those who weren't worthy to be loved, those who weren't worthy of any mercy or grace that God could bestow upon us, none whatsoever. But He loved us, and because He loved us, we're to love. Do we?
I say this not lightly, uh, and I bring this up for a specific reason. You don't know how many people I have had say to me that God's people are some of the meanest, Mm -hmm. cruelest, most hateful, judgmental, finger-pointing people that I have ever met in my life, especially Baptists. Folks, that ought to wake us up. But it is indeed true. Sad as it may be, it's true. Folks, they ought to look at us and see nothing but love. Now, are we to stand for the truth? Indeed, absolutely, positively, without a doubt. We're to, love, we're to stand for the truth, but we're to love as we stand for the truth. We're to love as the Lord tells us to love. Not to be, listen, let me tell you something, folks. We're quick to be hateful and angry. We're quick to be judgmental. We're very quick to point fingers, but not so quick to love. Hmm. First John chapter 2, verse 10. Listen to this. He that loveth his brother abideth in the light, and there is none occasion of stumbling in him. He that loveth, he that loves, he that holds his beloved, he that dearly loves his brother or the brethren or other people. It says, he abideth in the light, and there is no occasion of stumbling in him. Folks, that's a, a big phrase there, no occasion of stumbling in him. Can I tell you what one of the biggest occasions of stumbling in our own lives and that causes others to stumble Stumble is we don't love. Now, you may agree with me or not, but that's the truth of the matter. Because of the lack of love, because of our hatefulness, because we cause others to stumble, and in that we stumble. And he says that if you love me, he that abideth in the light, there in verse 10 or in verse 9, and hateth his brothers in darkness even to them, he that loveth his brother abideth in the light, and there is none occasion of stumbling in him, not for our own selves or, or that we cause others to stumble. Are we truly showing forth the love of God that he would have for us to show forth? Jesus said in his very word in John chapter 15, you can go ahead and turn over there with me if you want to, but in John chapter 15 and verse 12, and I'm going to actually back up and read verse from verse 9 here in a moment, but verse 11 and 12 says this, Jesus himself says, These things have I spoken unto you, that my joy might remain in you, and that your joy be full. Verse 12 says, This is my commandment, that ye love one another. As I have loved you. He simply states, this is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. He didn't say that you love this one or that one. He just said love one another as I have loved you. You, you can go back over to First John chapter 3. You don't have to, but it says, Behold what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us that we should be called the sons of God. And the reason that I bring that up is because we truly need to behold what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us that he sent his own Son to die on the cross for our sins. Loved us enough regardless. And while we were yet sinners, listen to this, unworthy of any love that God could bestow upon us at all, unworthy of any mercy that God could bestow upon us at all, uh, he saw fit regardless of the fact that we were vile and wicked, sinful creatures to send His Son to die for us, for me and for you. He didn't look down through the ages and see how bad of a person Brother John Lybrook or Brother Scott Coffey was going to be. He didn't look down through the ages and see all the awful sins that we were going to commit. He just said, because I love you, I'm going to send my son to pay the sin debt that you have upon you and save you and make you mine. That's an unconditional love. And that's how we're to love as God's people is unconditionally. And we put conditions on love all the time. Well, because your life don't line up the way I think it ought to be, I'm not going to show you love. Hogwash. The Bible says that we're to love. That's an outward show of our salvation. But do we truly show that unconditional love? John chapter 13. And I'll be back to John chapter 15 in a minute. John chapter 13, 
verses uh, 33 through 35 says this. Jesus says, little children, where do we hear that? Little children, children of God, my children, yet a little while am I with you. You shall, shall seek me, and I said unto you, unto the Jews, whether I go, you cannot come. So now I say, un, say to you, a new commandment I give unto you, that ye love one another as I have loved you, that ye also love one another. He repeats it. By this shall all men know that ye are my disciples, if ye have love one to another. Amen. Folks, can God look at us and see that we're showing forth the love that he has bestowed upon us? But even more than that, can man look at us and see the love of God pouring out from us. It, Jesus said over there a minute ago that your joy might be full. Folks, our joy ought to be full and overflowing Amen. because of the fact that we have been redeemed, right. because of the fact that we have been saved from that eternal hell that we're deserving of. And because of that love and nothing else, love ought to pour out of us as God's people. But does it? <clears throat> Behold what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us. He's commanded us to show forth that love, not just to one another, but to all that we come in contact with. Back over to John chapter 15. Now I want to read to you verses 9 through 12 again. Verse 9, he says this, As the Father hath loved me, so have I loved you. And look at this word, this phrase right here. Continue ye in my love. Did we hear that? Continue ye in my love. Let's read on. If ye keep my commandments, ye shall abide in my love, even as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things have I spoken unto you, that your joy might be, that your joy might remain in you, my joy, sorry, and that your joy might be full. This is my commandment, that ye love one another as I have loved you. Now you can read on down through this chapter, and he repeats that, love one another as I have loved you. This is my commandment more than once. And I've always said that if God repeats something, it's worth looking at because he intends for us to do it. He intends for us to show forth that love that he has shown to us. Continue ye in my love. That means abide always. Listen, folks, dwell in always. Show forth always my God's love, his dear love. How many of us truly show forth love in our lives every day to all that we come in contact with? Most of us walk around with our heads hung down, whole and humming most of the time, and there's really not much love seen in us. But Christ commands us, if you say you abide in me, love. Are we? This is my commandment that you love one another. Listen, my commandment, that's authoritative prescription, a precept, the command of God. It is indeed the very command of God that in all things we love with an unconditional love. He says, just as I have loved you. So in closing tonight, and I may cut this, I end up being a little shorter than what I thought it was going to be. In closing tonight, let's think about this. I want to go back to 1 John chapter 2. And I want us to think about what, what we see here as we read these verses again. My little children, these things write I unto you that ye sin not. And if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. I'm going to tell you something. If we're not keeping God's commandments, if we're not walking as he walked, if we're not loving one another, we're sinning against God. But praise God, it says that we have an advocate with the Father. Listen, folks, tonight, if, the, if these three tests of profession aren't, aren't prevalent in your life, go to the Lord and seek forgiveness for it right now and change your ways that we might pass these tests, that we might be, in God's eyes, the people that He would have for us to be. But praise God, we have an advocate that when we do that, He's uh, uh, faithful to forgive us of our sins. But are we willing to confess them before Him tonight? 
Folks, in studying this, I've had to confess to the Lord, Lord, I don't keep your commandments as I ought to. This is a, a, a country boy preacher up here confessing his sins before you. I, I don't walk as you walk like I should. I definitely don't love as I ought to love as you loved me. Forgive me, Lord. I had, I've had to seek the Lord in this myself. Forgive me, Lord, and make me these things. Make my life show forth these things. Paul said it's a struggle every day between the flesh and the spirit. The flesh knew to do right and the Spirit didn't want to do it. Folks, that's a real struggle that each and every one of us have to face in these three things every day of our lives. It's a difficult life living a Christian, living a life of a Christian here on this earth, but not impossible. Folks, it's not mission impossible, it's mission possible. We can keep the commandments of God. We can walk as Christ walked and we can love one another. The question is, do we? Do we desire to? Hmm. And, the, and he is the propitiation for our sins not for ours only but for the sins of the whole world praise be to God that he loved us enough to send his son to die on the cross for our sins oh I can't praise him enough tonight for that folks because I understand and know the hell that he saved me from I know where I was headed but by the grace of God 26 years ago he pulled me up out of the miry clay that I once was in and set my feet up on a rock to stay and I'll praise him till I have no breath in me for my salvation. But because of that do I show forth these things. Hereby we do know that we know him if we keep his commandments. He that saith I know him and keepeth not his commandments is a liar and the truth is not in him. But whoso keepeth his word in him verily is the love of God perfected. Hereby know that we are in him. He that saith he abideth in him ought himself also to walk even as he walked. Brethren, I write no new commandment unto you, but an old commandment which ye had heard from the beginning. Folks, this is not anything that we've not ever heard. Many, many times have we heard it. Hearing it and applying it are two different things. We hear it, but do we apply it? Again, a new commandment I write unto you, which thing is true in him and in you. Praise God. Because the darkness is past, and the true light now shineth. He that saith he is in the light and hateth his brother is in darkness even until now. He that loveth his brother abideth in the light and there is none occasion of stumbling in him. But he that hateth his brother is in darkness and walketh in darkness and knoweth not whether he goeth because the darkness hath blinded his eyes. And oh, this last verse, I write unto you little children because your sins are forgiven for his name's sake. Praise God. But are we really truly passing the test of our profession? Are we really, truly living a life that is pleasing unto God? Do we have a life of obedience to the Word of God? Do we have a life of communion and walking as He walked? And do we have a life of love, one for another, for others and for God and being obedient to all that He says? If we have not and do not pass this test, then maybe we need to take another look at our lives and get our priorities straight so that we do pass this test, so that we are what God would have for us to be. Child of God, tonight I'm going to close with saying this. I pray that you are what God would have for you to be tonight. I pray that you do pass all the tests of the He saith. But if you don't, repent. Each and every one of us ought to fall on our knees tonight before God and say, Lord, help me in my life show forth these things that you would have me to show forth because of my love for you, because you first loved me. All oh, folks, let us do what's necessary to pass this test of our profession so that we might be pleasing in the eyes of God. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we come before you tonight.
Lord, we indeed do again thank you for another opportunity that you've given us, Lord, to be in this your house, to come and again to worship you in, in, in song, to praise you, uh, to lift your name on high. God, we thank you for the opportunity that you've given us to go into your word as we look at these things. And first and foremost tonight, I pray, God, that if there be any that are among us tonight that are lost, Lord, that tonight would be the night. Father God, that you would break that exterior shell around their heart, that you would open their eyes, enlighten them to the condition that they are in, that their need of a Savior, that they might cry out unto you, confessing their sins before you and repenting, and that you would indeed show mercy, that you would indeed save them by your grace, that they might come forward confessing that Jesus Christ is their Lord and Savior, that we might be able to go forward from this place rejoicing tonight that another one has come to know you. Lord, but for us that are your children... Oh, these three tests, these he saith. We indeed say that you are our Lord and Savior. But do we pass the test first and foremost in your eyes? Lord, are we truly as your children being obedient to your word? I pray if we're not, Lord, that you would cause us, make us to be obedient to every word that we have here before us. Lord, are we indeed walking as Christ walked? If not, I pray that you would help our walk to be what it ought to be. That you would make it what it ought to be. Lord, are we loving, loving as you loved us. Father, I pray tonight that as we go forward from this place and each and every one of us individually that are saved by the grace of God, that we would indeed pass this test, that we would indeed cause these things to show forward in our life because you saved us and made us your own. As he said, I write these things to you for we have been saved for your namesake. And Father, I pray that we would be pleasing in your eyes. Lord, forgive us. Oh, Lord, forgive us for how miserably we fail you each and every day of our lives as we walk through this world. Give us what we have need of, Lord, to be able to overcome these things. As Paul said, indeed, it is a struggle every day. But if we seek you for the power and wisdom and knowledge that we need to overcome them, you have promised that you will help us to be able to pass these tests that we've looked at. And I pray for that very thing tonight. Lord, again, I thank you for the opportunity to preach your word. I pray that it's gone forward and done exactly what you would have for it to do. Convict us tonight of the way we live our lives and of how we live our lives that we might strive to make them what you would have for them to be. Again, Lord, be with us as we depart from this place. Watch over us and protect us. Lord, I pray that you would indeed bless this church and our pastor, Lord, as they strive here to serve you. Give them what they have need of to be the obedient children of God and the obedient church of God that you would have for them to be as well as us and others that are indeed your people in your church. Go with us now. Lead us and guide us. We ask all these things in your holy and precious name. And amen. tonight. Thank the Lord for the messenger. But I do pray that we've all sat and contemplated our own lives. I know that if one of you were the fruit inspector and you'd look at me, I'm sure you would maybe wonder about that old bug hole there. That old wormhole that looks 
so bad from time to time. Maybe all of us, if we would stop and consider our own lives and understand this, that God is the inspector. And as Psalm 139 says, He sees right through us. He knows our thoughts afar off. Scriptures like that often terrify me. They cause me to repent. They cause me to take stock of my own life. Things that I allow. We all ought to stop and consider what God always sees. Even though we try our best to hide, God's always there. This message tonight is a message that I pray that you will be thankful for. I thank God for the message tonight because the darkness is past. We have the joys of salvation. The hope, the lively hope, as First Peter says, of that home in heaven that awaits each and every one of us. So knowing what all he has done for us, should we not give our all for him? May the Lord bless is our prayer. Thank you. Thank the Lord again, Brother Scott, for that message. Pray that God will just bless it. May all of us tonight be contemplating it. Brother Jim, you come and we'll sing a song. And if the Lord spoke to your heart tonight, listen, the word has gone forth in a way that should make each and every one of us think about our own lives. And as Brother Scott said a while ago, listen, if you... If you've come up short, listen, we have an advocate. We have an advocate. We don't have to, we don't have to go to some man in a booth somewhere. We've got the Heavenly Father. Amen. We've got an advocate. May God please bless this church. Okay, brother.